Today I want to talk to about I want to talk about sanctifying grace, and sanctifying grace is is uh, when you that that's a big word not very not used very often, but the word sanctifying means holy or uh, separated. When something's holy, it's separated for. And uh, it also means to live a godly life or a righteous life. And so God, God's given us the grace to live a separated life, to be in this world but not of this world. To, to live a godly life and to live a life of godliness here on this earth or righteousness here on this earth. He doesn't, he doesn't, only, he doesn't only save us but by grace, but he gives us the grace to be, go ahead and live like we're saved. Have you ever seen somebody? It's like they're supposed to be saved, but they're living like they're living like the devil. Now, just me? I, I mean, I've, I, I mean, I've seen that. Not me living that way, but <laughs> but seeing people that live that way. And so, there's a grace that God's given us, not only to be saved by, but also to live by. That will help us. And we're going to be examining five aspects of grace that we need to get hold of. And I'm going to start out with a couple of statements that I started out with last week if you weren't here. And it's this. Statement number one is that God's grace is God's power and God's ability to achieve God's will. And uh, the grace of God will enable us, empower us to achieve what it is that God wants done in our life. Well, we, we discovered last week he wants us all to be saved. He's given us all the ability to be saved. He's given grace to everybody, if they'll just reach out and, and receive the grace of God, to be saved. Not everybody will be saved because not everybody will reach out to the grace of God that's been given to them. How many understand that? Second statement is this that I, I made last week is that Grace, God's grace is unmerited, it's unearned, undeserved favor and blessings, spiritual blessings in our life. And so it's not something that you can work for, it's not something that you're good enough to receive, it's not something that, that, uh, that you're, you're, you know, you just pass some kind of test, it's, it's grace, it's given to us. And, and saving grace comes to us that way. And, and sanctifying grace, uh, it's given to us to make us better, not because we are better. It's given to us so that we can live the life that he wants us to live, that brings pleasure to him, that reflects him in and through our life. The word Christian means Christ-like. And so he wants us to reflect him here on this earth, and he gives us the grace to do that. Isn't that good news? And so I want to share a scripture with you, John chapter Chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 out of the Amplified, it's first, it says, For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift. For the law was given through Moses, but grace, the unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth, came through Jesus Christ. And so let me, let me just share one more thought, and then we're going to get into talking about uh, sanctifying grace. And it's this, is that grace isn't God's permission to do wrong. But it's God's, grace is God's empowerment to live right. There's a lot of people, you'd be uh, amazed how many people that think just because we're saved by grace and it's not by our own works... There's not anything that we could do to be made righteous. 
We're righteous because of what he did, not what we've done. And there was a great exchange. I talked about that last week if you were with us. That Jesus was made, not that he did sin. He was made sin for us that we might be made righteous in him. And so we became righteous, not because of what we've done, but because of what he did. He took all the punishment of our sin upon himself so that we could, we could take his righteousness on us. As a great exchange. Isn't that awesome? If I don't say any more during this whole series, if we capture that one truth, it'll revolutionize our life. But there's been people and there are people that think that just because it's not of our works that they can just live like the devil and it'd be okay because it's under grace. And grace, as I just stated, is not, grace is, is, is not God's permission to do wrong, but grace is God's empowerment to live right. He's empowered us to live the life that reflects what he desires for us to live. He doesn't just tell us to do it, he gives us the ability to do it. The power and ability to achieve his will in our life. That's, that's totally awesome. And that's what sanctifying grace is all about. It's about a grace, an empowerment, an ability to be able to go ahead and live. Not to be right with God because that comes through Jesus Christ and his righteousness. But we live because we are right. Because we are righteous, we're able to live a righteous life. Am I making sense? Because I want to have some good foundation for today so that we can, so that we can really get hold of where we're going. Uh, you know, we're right before God because of what Jesus did. Not because of what we did. Get it. But that doesn't mean that we can just keep living wrongly. Let me tell you, rebellion has results. When you live in disobedience, there's going to be consequences that will come your way. Not because God put them on there. It's just a law. There's a law of of sowing and reaping that takes place. If you sow bad seed, you're going to reap bad harvest. And so you've got to to make sure that you're operating in the principles and the values and the will of God in order to have God's best in, in and through your life. And God's given us that ability. A matter of fact, uh, we just celebrated Easter talking about the resurrection of Christ. And, and as I was thinking about that, the Bible says in Romans 8, it's not on the top, but Romans 8 too, it says the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And if we're a Christian, we have the Spirit of God living in us. The ability of God, the power of God to be able to do God's will in and through our lives. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm going to share a lot of scripture, hopefully today, and, uh, and, and just uh, trying to convey this truth so that we can walk in it. It just bothers me to no end to watch people walking under the power of sin, under the dominion of sin, under the control, if you will, of sin. Sin controlling people's lives, causing them to be defeated, causing them to fall short of what God has for them. Because sin will always lead you in a path that's going to lead to death, not to life. Life is going to always produce God's, God's will for our life, God's best in relationally, in every way, in business, in, 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 in our thinking, our health, in every way, if we will just do it God's way. But sin, it's destructive. It's how it's not, it's no good for us. It, it's destructive. It will destroy us. And so we need to, we need to we need to live apart from that. Doesn't mean that we're not gonna mess up and fall short and because we're imperfect. We're gonna we're gonna do some wrong things. 
And we, we just, as quick as we, it, we do it, we realize that we did it, we need to turn away from it and, and get, by the power of God, get back on course. Right? Okay, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, we'll start there. It says, Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Sanctified, being holy, being separated, set apart for God, doing godly, righteous deeds, living a godly life. It's, we're separated. Okay? Uh, may the God of peace. Now, notice here, God will do this. He'll empower us to do this. Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Verse 28 tells us how. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And amen. And so it's God's grace. He comes into our life, empowers us, gives us the ability to do it. And another scripture I want to share with you in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 13, we'll start there. It says, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the, is the, uh, is, gives us the grace to be sanctified, set apart. The sanctifying work of the Spirit... Through belief in the truth, he called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm, hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word or by mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and the God uh, our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement, good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. So it's God's grace that enables us to be sanctified, live that separated life. So let, with all that say, said, how, how to empower sanctifying grace? How do we empower that, that grace in our lives so that it's working? So that it's working. You know, when I, I, I have leaders, I empower them. I give them, I give them the ability to go out and empower, I'll power, empower them with delegated authority. And I'll say, hey, you can do, you can do this, you can do that. And, and they, they have that, uh, that ability to be able to do that. My blessing on their life. And I will back them up. In the same way with God, he backs us up to, to live this, this separated life with his power and his ability. So let me give you, let me give you some, some thoughts here. First of all, if we're going to empower sanctifying grace in our life, we have to awake to righteousness. There's far too many people that know it in their head, but they're not really aware of it in their heart. They're not awakened to it. It's not a reality in their life. It's not real to them. What causes people to walk away, fall away, to stray away from God is if they once knew God and once were in an intimate relationship with God, I always say it this way, is they, they lost the reality of their relationship with God. God ceased to be real to them. And I'm going to tell you, we have to be awakened to righteousness in our life in order to live that righteous life. We've got to realize that we are righteous. 
Without a doubt, we are righteous in him and we've got to be awakened to it so that we are recognizing what righteousness looks like and so that we can, we can operate and function and cooperate with that righteousness in our life and the grace of God in our life. So let me give you a scripture. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. Notice here that awakening to righteousness comes first before the sinning not. That, that if we're going to be, if we're going to be righteous, I mean, if we're going to not be sinners or sinning or being ungodly, then we're going to have to awaken ourselves to righteousness, be awakened to what God says concerning who we are in Jesus Christ. I said it last week, sin or sin. Righteous people live righteous. Uh, liars lie. Servants serve. People that uh, are love, they love, right? And so, so righteous people, when we're awakened to it and we're aware of it, then what should we do? We start living righteous because that's who we are. But we got to be awakened to it before we see what it looks like. Uh, years ago, prior to our uh, starting Church on the Move, we were looking for a place to pioneer work and and we were considering a variety of different places and so we traveled to a number of different places some places that we just you know just prayed about didn't really have a leading on but you know this might be a place we might go see and we went to I don't know how many different states that we went to and and just asked God what about here what about here what about here and it's not necessarily that we were looking for something because I the scripture says I has not seen ears not heard the things that he has prepared for those that love him but by his spirit he reveals it and so the things that God reveals to us or the things that God has for us is not that something that comes through what we see or what we hear, but it comes through the revealing uh, that comes through his spirit inside of our hearts. And, and some of you understand what I'm talking about. And so we went to a, a number of different places and we were looking in our heart. God, is this the place? We're looking for that peace. The Bible says, seek peace and pursue it. And so we're looking for that peace of God because when you're seeking peace and pursuing it, you're pursuing God because God is peace. He's the God of peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Okay? And so that's why he says seek peace and pursue it. I know I'm saying a lot in a short amount of time. But I, I was doing that and we were doing that. And we went to a number of different places. It's amazing. Every place that we went to, uh, we would start to see... Uh, uh, advertisement about that place. Like, for instance, Colorado Springs, which I like the mountains, love the mountains. And we went to Colorado Springs, and it was, it was awesome, just like awesome. We went in July, went up to Pikes Peak, and at, at the top of Pikes Peak in July is hot, you know, down below, and Pikes Peak is uh, this huge mountain. And we went to the top, and it's above the clouds, and it was snowing up there in July. It's crazy. Anyway, it's just beautiful. Well, after we got back, I mean, we saw, back in Oklahoma, we saw brochures on uh, Colorado Springs. We started seeing license plates. We started seeing uh, television advertisements, all kinds of stuff, because we had become awakened to Colorado Springs. Now, there would be a lot of people that would made a decision to go ahead and move to Colorado Springs just simply because of the fact that they saw all those advertisements. Oh, it must be the Lord that wants us to go there. But we didn't have that inward peace. We just knew that we knew that we knew in our knower that that wasn't where we needed to go. 
And, 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 and some of you know what I'm talking about. You, you bought a vehicle, like we got a Jeep, this Jeep Cherokee. When we bought that Jeep, prior to buying that Jeep, we, we, didn't, we, we, we didn't recognize those Jeeps. We didn't see those Jeeps. But after we bought one, we see those Jeeps everywhere, <laughs> all the time. Same color. Isn't that right? And it's because you became awakened to that Jeep. Okay, there's a lot of people that are, are not awakened to righteousness because they are, they're, they're, and they're not living righteous because they're not, let me put it this way, they're not living righteous because they're not awakened to righteousness. But once you become awakened to righteousness, you start, you start recognizing it. You start recognizing how righteousness lives and how righteousness acts and how righteousness should be uh, conducting itself. And, and, and then you'll see these unrighteous things and you'll think, whoa, that's not me because this is who I am now. I'm not that sinner. I've I'm, I'm, I'm been saved by grace. Amen? The old, the old man is gone. The Bible says that he's gone. And I, I'm, I'm this new creation. And, and, and the old is past, and behold, all things have become new. And so I'm this righteous man, and so we need to become awakened to righteousness. That's the first thing that has to take place if we're going to allow that, that sanctifying grace to empower us because it works, through, it works through your faith and it works through you acknowledging what uh, God is wanting to do and is doing in your life, first of all. Second of all, I want to just share this with you. Number two, let's go put it up here. Is we need to grow in grace. We need to grow in grace. See, once you become awakened to grace, you need to grow in that that God has created you in. You, you and I have to grow in the knowledge of it in order to to be able to uh, experience what it is that God has for us to experience in his grace. Now, let me, let me just share, uh, let me go back here just a second. Uh, let me just share a thought with you, uh, our, our scripture with you in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. I'll start there. It says, So brothers, while you were waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful, peaceful, peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. So God tells us to live these blameless, pure lives. And, and, and Matthew's gospel says, Blessed are the pure, for they shall see the Lord. And, 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 and that pure work, that work of purity, is, is a cooperation with the grace of God in our life. I want you to see that in verse 17. It says, You already know these things, dear brothers. So be on your guard then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All glory to him both now and forever. Amen. We need to grow. And here's what I'm talking about. We have to grow in our potential. Once we become awakened to our potential, we've got to grow in it. Years ago, matter of fact, right after I'd gotten saved, I, I was introduced to the leadership world. And, uh, and specifically at that time, John Maxwell, if you've ever heard of him, he, he's a great uh, leader that God's used mightily across the globe and still using. 
and has for uh, decades uh, he's used to raise up leaders, uh, literally millions of leaders God's uh, used him in in raising up. And, uh, and so I started learning leadership. And I didn't realize, and some of you need to be awakened to this, that you've got leadership in you. That you, There's a leader inside of you that you need to be awakened to that you're, that's been dead. And, and it's there. God called us all to be leaders. Uh, when, when, when he created mankind, he says, he says uh, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, be productive. He says, subdue the earth. In other words, be influential, that we need to be influencers. And then he said, had dominion upon this earth. In other words, be a leader. You need to, you need to take leadership here in this life, and you need, you need, to, you need to rule what I, I created. I want you guys to be rulers here on this earth. And some of us have not risen to the occasion because we've not been awakened to the leader that lives in us. And so what we need to do is we need to be awakened. And that happened early on in my Christian walk where I was awakened to the, that there was a leader inside of me. And then after, after I was awakened to it, that God called me to be a leader and that he wanted me to be a leader, then I started growing in what that looked like as far as my life, that I needed to, I needed to grow in that leadership. And what it looks like, that leadership doesn't conduct itself. A leader doesn't con- conduct itself like a, a non-leader. A leader thinks differently. A leader acts differently. A leader's, a leader's uh, setting the pace. A leader is, uh, is disciplined in their lives. They, they're saying yes to, to great and saying no to good, where other people will just choose good instead of great. We, we, we as leaders, we, we, there's so many things. We're, we're, we're uh, ground gainers rather than maintainers. We don't just maintain. Maintain in life, we're always ground gaining. Just a number of different principles that I live by on a daily basis. And, and I had to develop that in my life. Yeah, I had to grow in it. Same way with greatness. Every one of us has greatness, but we haven't been awakened to that greatness. And we haven't grown in that greatness. And some of you need to understand that God didn't create you to just be average, just to be here and occupy space. He called you to greatness. He called you to do something great. He called you in your family and in your, in your ministry and around you. He wants you to do great things through your life. But you've got to be awakened to it and then you've got to grow in it. You've got to start developing your potential. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just happen just because you, just because you became aware that, oh, there's greatness in me. No, you've got to grow in it. And so let me give you some scriptures here and, uh, and just share with you uh, in, or it's a scripture. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power, get this, has given to us all things. Notice here, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of, it, of our Lord, of our God and, our, and Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and, and godliness. In other words, he's given us the grace to live out this life successfully, powerfully, and not only to live out this life successfully and powerfully, but to live out our, our, a, a godly life, a sanctified life, a holy life, a separate, separate life than everybody else that's here on this wor- in this world. Doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. 
But it does mean that we have the power to be able to not be under the dominion of that sin. There's too, far too many people that are living under the control of sin that shouldn't be. And that sin looks a lot of different ways. I know this is really encouraging. It should be, anyway. And it says, and, and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God's given us the grace to be able to overcome. Amen? Amen. And so we've got to grow in grace. And then lastly, we need to be trained by grace. Grace will train you. It'll teach you. It'll teach you how to live that godly life, that righteous life, that sanctified life, that separated life. Grace will do that. Uh, Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14. It says, for, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, training us. What's training us? Grace. Grace has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, training us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live in a manner that is self-controlled and righteous and godly in this present age we wait for the blessed hope and the appearance of the glory of our, our, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us so that he might redeem us from every lawless deed so that he might purify for himself a chosen people, zealous for good deeds. That word train there is like how we train children. I've had our, my wife and I have had our grandchildren since Thursday. And, and, uh, and they're in the middle of training. And, 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 and they don't know everything that needs to be done. Great grandchildren, by the way. Awesome grandchildren. Did I say awesome? Awesome grandchildren. And, 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 but they're still, they're still needing to be trained. There's still areas in their life that need to be refined. And they're being trained in and, and taught and that type of thing. Same way with us. We're being trained. We're being trained how to, how to live godly, how to live righteous, how to live this separate life in this world, how to live this life of greatness, how to live a holy life, how to live free from sin. We've got to be trained. You've got to realize, all of us need to realize that we were trained to sin. And we've got to be retrained not to sin. We lived, for us, some of us, we lived for years and years as sinners. We were trained to sin. We had, it, had been, it had been programmed in us how to, how to react and act this way or that way. And we respond. And some of us, we're still struggling. We don't know how to, we don't know how to relate to people well. Rate, re, relate in our relationships well. Because we were trained how to handle things. And with anger and, and force and control and manipulation and all these different things. And we were trained that away for a lifetime in being trained that away. And now we're needing to be retrained how to live by the law of love, how to live by the fruits of the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, by the will of God, by the principles of God, by the value of God. We have to be trained in all of that. 
And the grace of God that lives inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit will train us and teach us. We'll know inside when something's wrong. There'll just be something inside of us like, uh, that just eats at us. It's just a little, little something inside. It's just something's not right. And, and you know that that decision that you just made or that statement or you said something that you shouldn't have said. And it's like, ah, oh, I know I shouldn't have said it, but I said it and, and I'm too proud to take it back. See, we need, to, we need to be quick to repent. And it's trying to train us to keep us on that path of life in order, to have, in order to have the life that God wants us to live. We're trained to be selfish. We're trained to be sinners. We're trained that way in this world. And so we've got to be retrained in my daily disciplines, you know, people look at my life, and I'm a very, very disciplined person, but let me tell you something. I, get it, I didn't get here overnight. It, it, it took training to get here, and I'm still speaking it every day. I thank God that, God, I thank you today. I thank you today that, that I, I'm a discipline, and I'm self-disciplined and self-controlled, and I'm not slothful and lazy, and so I'm speaking these things over my life every day as part of my training. And then I look for God to lead me in, in living that disciplined life. Are you with me? I didn't get here overnight. I, I allowed that grace in me, the grace of God. There's a grace in me to live a disciplined life. There's a grace in you to, to achieve great things. There, it's there. You just got to start cooperating with it uh, moment by moment, each and every day. And don't allow yourselves to reason yourself out of it. Because you can. It's very easy to take the low road instead of the high road. It's very easy to excuse yourself and, and give excuses why you can't do whatever you need to be doing and should be doing. It's very easy. And there's far too many people that have exits in, in their life that they need to remove and, and just shut the door and weld that door shut and say, hey, I'm not going there anymore. There's just, certain, there's just certain places in my life I just don't go anymore. I just don't go there anymore. I'm not going to allow my flesh to go there. Because I want to I I live a victorious life. A, a life that is uh, uh, reflecting Jesus in, in and through my life. In and through my life. I want that. I want that for me. I want that for you. And so when I'm talking about living this, it's not a legalistic thing. It's, a, it's, a living, it's living at your highest potential. It's not, are you going to still blow it? Man, I still mess up. But I get up, shake off the dust, and I start walking this walk. I continue walking this walk with the Lord. Lord, forgive me. I know I shouldn't have said that. I know I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have looked or whatever. Okay? And I just get up, and I keep, and I repent, and I keep going. Amen? I'm going to help you. If you if you stick with me, I'll help you. That's why there's certain disciplines, and, and church is one of those things. If you'll just discipline yourself, because I know there's the battle of the blankets on Sunday morning. It's like, oh God, oh man, I don't want to get up. But you know, your heart, your spirit, man, the Holy Spirit's saying, get up, get up. You need what they're what's what you're going to get and what you're going to give because we ought to be giving too. Amen. Hallelujah. And then you, you, you got to train yourself to be fit. You got to exercise every day. And I'll just, I'll just leave you with this. And, and uh, in 1 Timothy 4 8, it says this For bodily exercise profits little, 
But godliness is profitable for all things. Having promise of, of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Honestly, God wants us to profit. He wants it to be a blessing. The grace of God in our life is because he's got something better for us. And, and we've got to exercise ourselves. It's a discipline. It's an exercise. Guys, 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 don't let yourself go to places that you allow yourself to go in your thinking, with your mouth, with your actions. Don't do that. Don't, give your, don't allow your flesh to give its, uh, be expressive in expressing itself when you know it's not uh, reflecting Christ here on this earth. When you know that it isn't pleasing to him. Dig deep into your, into your heart and allow the grace of God to come out. And allow the grace of God to let you live that life. Man, God's, there's too many things. Too much. Life's too short. There's too many things for us to do. And life's too short to be messing around with sin. And entertaining it. And flaunt, uh, not flaunting, uh, 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 entertaining it. I'll just, I, that other word didn't come, so whatever it was. <laughs> All right, I better shut up. Okay, here we go. Romans six sixteen. Do you not know to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. So we daily have to submit ourselves to the grace of God. We just say, Lord, I'm going to submit to you because I want it to lead me to righteousness, right doing, right living, right things that honors you, blesses you. Thank you for the grace, the ability, the power of God in my life to be able to, to, to obey you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today.